morning, Chicago. And welcome in to the Cap and Jay Hood Morning Show on ESPN 1000 and streaming on the ESPN Chicago app. With David Kaplan, Jonathan Hood with you. We've got Shay, we've got Jay Moore, we've got you. You can watch our show every day and all the shows on ESPN Chicago on Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash ESPN Without Chicago. Also on YouTube, youtube.com. Look for the ESPN Chicago page. Hit that subscribe button. That way you miss nothing from ESPN Chicago. Still to come this half hour, we'll hear from Courtney Cronin. We'll get her thoughts about the Bears. She covers the Bears like a blanket for ESPN and ESPN.com. We were talking about... Uh, the Bears and asking the question, could the Bears have their correct counsel? Now, the reason why we put it that way is because the Cubs said, we love you, David Ross, but we're going to upgrade. We feel we're upgrading the managerial position by bringing in correct counsel. And so there's nothing wrong with that. Sox did that by bringing Ozzie Gann in. Sox were able to do that. The Cubs did that by having Joe Madden come in. There's nothing wrong with upgrading. What we're saying is, is that, Cap, I said from the jump, this is a transitional hire. Bears aren't ready to win yet. You've got to find the right guy. Let you go through the growing pains, go to tank and all that stuff, but you've got to find the right coach. Why can't the Bears be in the mix for Jim Harbaugh if he's available after this national championship win for Michigan yesterday? That's the question. It's a great question. Great. It doesn't sound like the Bears are going down the Harbaugh road, but the longer it goes, and I want to ask Courtney that at 918, like I asked Albert, the longer it goes that they don't provide clarity, here's what we're doing. We're changing OCs or we're firing the co- It leads you to think mm. maybe they are meeting up there to get all their ducks in a row before they meet with the media to say, here is the plan. They won't say it about the quarterback, except that we're going to evaluate everybody. But here's the deal. We are very, very locked in on fixing this thing, and we're making a coaching change. Don't you think? Yes. I believe that. But if it's not Harbaugh and if it's not Dan Quinn, now you read off the teams that Quinn will be talking to while the Cowboys are going to be in the playoffs. Yeah, I think he three have requested permission to talk to him. Bears are not in there because the Bears haven't fired their head coach. Correct. And same thing with Jim Harbaugh. He's still with Michigan at the time. Cap, unless there's some secret candidate that's going to lead this team for the next five to seven to ten years and finally lead them to either be a perennial playoff team or a Super Bowl team, then it sounds like Eberflus is returning. I would think, but if he was, why haven't they said anything? Hey, you know, the Bears don't have to do like everyone else does and feel like, okay, it's Black Monday. we got to fire them on Black Monday. You don't, I mean, you don't have to do that. Right. Did it seem urgent enough to you as a Bears fan that it had to happen yesterday? No. That like, from going from three to seven wins, did it feel like, hey, today's got to be the day. Enough. I know as a Bears fan, I kind of felt that way only because of the Packer loss, but I'm an emotional Bears fan. Correct, but I still think Ryan Poles is in charge, 100%. Sure. And he and Warren are sitting down going, and they already have been before the season ended. But they're going, okay, well, when this question's asked, we have got to have the correct answer here. What about the coaching staff? Okay, can we get that guy to come in as OC? No, he won't come in if Matt's still the head coach, or he will come in, but we don't want him. There's so much goes into it. I just, when I heard Courtney had said yesterday on Waddle and Sylvie that she thinks, again, she doesn't know, mm-hmm. but she thinks that she's very tapped in. Yep. 
that they'll get a new quarterback and a new OC at the least. Basically is what she's saying. We'll ask her at 918. And then you look at our callers. We've got people who want Justin, others who cannot believe it's even a discussion. Play the Daniel Jeremiah sure. again before we take these calls. The Daniel Jeremiah piece, this is a guy who worked in the league, and he's one of the better evaluators out there. To me, I've been saying this throughout the process. I feel like this decision, while it's going to be difficult in the environment in Chicago because of the pressure and the popularity of Justin Fields, if you step back, remove yourself from that and look at it, this is, to me, it's a no-brainer. You are going to trade Justin Fields. You are going to draft a quarterback with that first overall pick. You're going to go from paying, having to pay a quarterback, which in field you'd have to pay him forty plus million, to now being able to get one for about nine or ten million. Yeah. And that thirty million dollars worth of savings, go help your team. And the draft picks you get for Justin Fields, go help your team. Build around a new quarterback. Reset that clock. That's the smart thing to do. Basically, saying the player that you have in Fields very similar to the player you might be able to get at number one overall with some major cost savings to help build around that young. Player. Yeah, it's thirty million. I mean, put a number on yeah. it. It's thirty math million works. dollars difference. Jeremiah has been very consistent with this because he talked about the same thing in December. Well, you know, Stacey made so many great points about evaluating his performance. And I use the phrase the confetti test. Like, can you close your eyes and imagine him as a quarterback on the podium with the confetti falling that you've just won a world championship? And Mm -hmm. I I don't know that he's shown you enough to, to give you that. So to me, you look in this draft and we'll get into the names over the next few months, but you've got a chance, in my opinion, to get better, younger, cheaper mm-hmm. at that position. And you still mm-hmm. possess the fifth pick mm-hmm. uh, as of right now as well to address some other needs. That was in December. I don't believe in the confetti test, though. I think that's ridiculous. I, I believe in the airport test. You believe in the airport test, too. You see somebody in the airport is like, well, look how big that guy is. Or look how skilled that woman looks. Man, that, maybe we could put this person in our program. The mm-hmm. airport test. The confetti test? You don't see Justin Fields one day being a champion someplace? I do. Just not with this outfit, not at this point in time with the Bears. I'm not convinced you can win a Super Bowl with Justin as your quarterback. He could be on the team, though. Yeah. <laughs> now, like when we talked to Tom yeah. Thayer the other day, yeah, he said, could you utilize him more like a Taysom Hill, like in a secondary role? I, I don't agree with that. He's, he's going to be a quarterback or not. Okay, why? Uh, the durability. I mean, Taysom Hill's built like a tight end playing quarterback. Uh, Justin's six foot three, two hundred and thirty pounds. You hear what I said? Yes, but ta- I, I'll argue with you that he could. Justin could physically do it. Along with Joel Bushbaum, Jonathan Hood, with you here on Cap and Jay Hood, trying to trying to change the position on the man. He's a quarterback, Cap. That's what he is. Play both roles. No, he's a quarterback. He just has to be better at it. I'm not convinced you can get where you want to get to. I'm not convinced. I don't, I don't think hybrid works for Justin Fields. Got the hands? I have no idea what kind of hands he has. I know that he's fast. I know that. And I know that he can throw the ball down the field given time. But the other intangibles, I don't know. I would say no to that. He's a quarterback. That's what he is. Right. For better or for worse. 312-332-3776 is our phone number. The great Lee Allen joins us here on Cap and J Hood as we talk Bears. Lee Allen, good morning. What's going on, fellas? Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, my friend. Well, I think in Chicago, we have a great desire to have a franchise quarterback. And if you look at a day like today, you may not necessarily need it. I think this draft is about the defense. And I think if you look at two, the real question is, can you go from one to two 
and two to three with the quarterbacks. And then if you're not married to Marvin Harrison Jr., you can trade him back to Arizona at four and possibly get three or four second-round picks. And if you get to four and Jaden Daniels is the quarterback, can you get a team like the Raiders who need a quarterback, desperately need a quarterback, can you get them to trade up from 13 and give you Max Crosby? And if you can get, which would basically be the same trade for DJ Moore last year, I tend to believe I want to build out the pass rush based upon the Green Bay game, where you potentially come out with Max Crosby, you draft Latou out of UCLA, and you get Jerry Verse. And with those second round picks, because Washington has two, they have 34 and they have the Bears pick at 42. You can get two receivers in that part of the draft, big body receivers. You can get Brendan Rice. But if you build out that pass rush and you end up having a, a Sweat, a Crosby, a Latou, and possibly a Jerry Verse or a Chad Robinson, you can win with that. And you can go all yeah, the way to I, a I just, with Lee that. Allen, we've debated this. I just think they're moving on at quarterback. I do. I just don't. I, I think quarterback, we desired that in Chicago because we've never had it. But we don't need that to win a championship. And if you don't need it, and the thing is this, could you pass off getting that level of defensive front for a quarterback? Because if you get rid of a quarterback, you're basically resetting everything, Cap. If you uh, get rid th- of Justin that Fields. That did not happen rid- in Houston. You, but Houston's a different situation. You walked in and you had a Laramie Tunsil at tackle. You had, another, you had a much more capable offensive line. And then that goes to my third point when you mentioned Janoco. I texted you earlier. I think the Janoco discussion is going to be very important based upon when you look at play calling. If you look at because I think Janoco has been the QB coach for two years. He was at Green Bay. I think you have you 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 owe Janoco the respect to talk to him about what did he see differently about that offense. Because if you can get some, if you can keep the quarterback room kind of set and you build out that pass rush, yeah, you're I, looking at a team that can win. And yeah. that's what really. And think about this: we talk about the money at quarterback. Could you imagine getting two young pass rushers on two rookie deals that come in and can contribute for the next five years on a rookie salary you can look at this thing two or three different ways yeah I, we I, just and we we got a roll we appreciate the call have a great day look i love his passion that he wants to get jared verse from florida state and he wants to go get this guy and get them to throw me max Crosby. it's not that easy max crosby is an all pro caliber player the raiders are not just giving him away yes. period my first thought is why would the raiders do that just to help the bears they're well, trying to build their own program. Well, because they want to get Caleb Williams. They don't have a quarterback. Unless Aiden O'Connell's the guy, they don't have a quarterback. I just don't think it's feasible to think that you're going to leave Patrick Mahomes on the board. You screwed that up. C.J. Stroud, you screwed that up. Now, you made a great trade. But in the end, you don't have the all-pro quarterback caliber guy that they do. Three guys in the history of the league have led the NFL in passing yards per game, and touchdown-interception ratio. That would be the GOAT Tom Brady, Joe Montana, and, K- and C.J. Stroud. Haywood, Iowa, listening on the ESPN Chicago app is Darren on Cap and Jay Hood. Good morning, Darren. Hey, good morning. Thanks for taking my call, guys. Yes, sir. Okay, I've been watching the Bears for a long, long time, and for the last 20-some years, we've been taking a, uh, hiring a, uh, taking a quarterback and then the coach got to work with that co- uh, quarterback. 
And then the coach gets fired, and the new coach got to come in and work with that quarterback. If the Bears are going to take a quarterback at number one, and I think they're going to take either Caleb Williams or Drake May, they cannot bring Loose back and work with this quarterback because if Loose gets fired, the new coach got to come in and work with this guy. I just don't think it works. And I got one more thing to say. I really think Ryan Poles is taking Drake May. I don't know if you heard the reports out of um, Denver, Colorado by um, Aldright, Benjamin Aldright. Mm-hmm. He's a big-time writer. He has said Ryan Poles wants his Matt Ryan quarterback because he played with Matt Ryan. He knows Matt Ryan. He's a pocket passer. Drake May is that guy. All right. We'll find out. We will find out. I like Drake May. I do. He's a good player. Yeah. Caleb Williams is a good player. Jaden Daniels is a good player, man. He won the Heisman for a reason. He's mm-hmm. talented. It's awfully, awfully quiet coming out of Lake Forest, Illinois. That's all I'm telling you. Yeah. And rightfully so, by the way. Get your ducks in a row. You don't have to follow the the, the rest of everybody else around the National Football League and do it on Black Monday. Get it right, whatever but, it is. But when the to use an analogy, the settlers over at 1901 West Madison, mm-hmm. when the Bulls had to end their season last year, thank you, rolling, 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 here they come. Here comes Arturis and his AI general manager, Mark Eversley, who we never have seen. It's not true. And what did they say? First press conference, right off the jump. Yeah, we're going to run it all back. Continuity. 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 How come we haven't heard that up there if they weren't going to make change? Exactly. Damn. This is why this is a big offseason. This is why, and we've been seeing this coming for a long time, Cap. So many question marks, so many decisions that have to be made. All right, it's time to talk to Courtney Cronin. Keep your beak out of this. Courtney Cronin. National Chicago Bears reporter for ESPN. You have to temper expectations if you are a Bears fan, just given everything that this team had to kind of undo. Breaking down the Bears and the latest NFL storylines. Poles is given the flexibility and the freedom to take this thing down to the ground floor, down to the studs, to be able to build it back up. Courtney Cronin with Captain Jay Hood on ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. And Courtney Cronin covers the Bears for ESPN and ESPN.com. As you saw on the hotline. That'd be the Car X Tire and Auto Hotline. Rattle, rattle, thunder, clatter, boom, boom, boom. Don't worry, call the Car X Man. Good morning, Courtney. How are you? I'm great, guys. How are you doing? Awesome. We're doing fine, thank you. What's the percentage in your from your reporting in your gut regarding Justin Fields returning next year? I mean, after the Packers game, is that not more, I guess, It's part of the body of work. 38 career starts, and I said this last week, given what we know right now. If you have 38 career starts and there's still not clarity on the quarterback, then that is clarity. I I think, though, that this is not just a Justin Fields issue. That in what we're waiting on right now, the waiting game continues with with trying to figure out what's going to happen with the coaching staff. If they move on from Luke Gessy, to me, that's a clear indicator that they're going to go after a new quarterback with the number one overall pick. So if that's the, if that's the case, um, if we find that out today, tomorrow, at some point this week, then I give it a very low percentage uh, chance that he's back. But 
you know, at this point, I, you know, if you kind of read between the lines of what DJ Moore said yesterday and what we've heard from players and what they've expressed uh, as far as, you know, what they're going to potentially do and the options that they have to weigh, then that factors in. But I just, I don't, I don't see when you're looking at an off season like this, I don't see how they can't consider what they already have in three years, which is a, that's a long time to evaluate a quarterback, despite him not being here in some great circumstances and having to go through coaching changes, different offenses. But I give it a pretty low percentage chance, just kind of where things stand right now that he's back next year. So do you find it curious like Hoodie and I do? I said this to him two minutes ago. It's awfully quiet from Hallis Hall. I know Black Monday was yesterday, but it seems to me like they're trying to get their ducks in a row so that when Courtney Cronin and her friends in the media room are sitting there tomorrow or Thursday or today. Okay, because if they're worth their salt at all, they're going to say, okay, here are the questions you're going to ask. They're going to ask you about this and that and this and that, and you better be prepared and be on the same page and not be Eberflus nine weeks ago. What are you asking me? Uh, we told them on Saturday. No, we actually told them on It's got to be <laughs> smooth. So uh, do you think that they're conspicuous by their silence? Well, I don't think that them preparing for the questions that they're going to be asked is top priority right now. Um, that obviously factors in. We know that this team has had some very, very bad season-ending press conferences, including yep. the one that happened the last time they fired everybody uh, in January of 2022. But... To me, the silence right now, and of course, Jim Harbaugh's name's out there. We know that we had to wait until after Monday night passed in order to figure out, is he going back to the NFL? Is he going to stay at Michigan? What's the, what's the price tag on a coach like that? I think that, that, that? I think that factors in, but more than anything, remember, they concluded these exit interviews with players around 4 o'clock yesterday, and then Poles and Kevin Warren were going to meet with the staff uh, the whole coaching staff to go through their own process of these exit interviews and to figure out who's staying, who's going. And I don't think there's anything wrong with it taking time. Um, I, we knew you could just tell from like the very end of the season that this was not going to be a quick process, whatever happened on Monday, and that it could drag out until midweek. Matt Eberflus said he wasn't even expecting to meet with ownership until midweek. He didn't know the timeline or he at least wouldn't say the timeline on Sunday, but I'm not surprised at this thing going on as long as it has right now, which, again, it's only been 24 hours since players cleaned out their lockers. It just feels longer considering the the amount of movement there was yesterday morning. Now, I will say this. The longer it goes on, the more likely it feels that Matt Eberflus will be back. And if you really look at Kevin Warren's comments for what they were, how they were presented on Sunday on the broadcast, it feels very likely, unless they're looking at this Green Bay game and that swings, you know, swings their decision one way that's you know away from what we were expecting for him to be back. Then it does feel likely that they want to retain this staff and keep on with what they were doing. But pro- the process is different this time around. It's not George and Ted directing the you know the direction that this offense, that this franchise is going in in the offseason. Mm-hmm. Brian Poles and Kevin Warner are aiming to do this differently, and I think if we, you know, the, when we hear from Ryan Poles this week, to hear the autonomy he will have had 
been given to make these sorts of decisions, I don't know how directly we'll get those answers, but that's something that has to be asked, and that's something that could be indicative of the time that they're taking of Kevin Warren letting him go through this process in a very thorough manner, even if it doesn't go along with the timeline that Bears fans and media alike are, are wanting to see and have this thing get expedited. Courtney, I don't think I'm leading the witness when I say the offense just was not good enough. Despite the win-loss record, it just wasn't good enough. So what is the likelihood that Luke Getze returns as offensive coordinator? I would put it pretty low. Um, I, you know, I'm going through the numbers this morning. I mean, they were 21st in EPA per play. Was there improvement this year? Yeah, but is it enough improvement to hang your hat on, to bring this group back as is, to run it back with the three of them? I don't think so. Um, and that could be part of it, too. Matt Eberflus and the Bears brass going back and forth on who can stay on his staff, who he might have to have some concessions about and, and moving on from. And he said that he was going to evaluate Luke Getze at the end of this year. Now, very clearly, he's still under contract. Like, here's the thing that's kind of interesting about this. It's believed that he has a four-year contract. Technically, they don't have to say anything. You can be like, well, yeah, of course he's back. He's under contract. Isn't that kind of a weird thing when you think about the idea that he may be fired, he may be not, when he still has two years remaining, for them to come out at some point and say, yeah, he's staying, I guess that's the vote of confidence. But it just I'm curious how they're going to craft that because technically with the improvement that he's shown and what the whole team has shown – Staff changes are expected year to year. Usually, staffs end up having some sort of um, some some sort of change from top to bottom. But with Eberflus, they I wouldn't be surprised if they try to play this in a very casual manner and not double down on Matt Eberflus is back in 2024 and have these grandiose statements the way that they have before. But you know, with Luke Getze, I, I the body of work is there that just shows he and the quarterback, there's something not sinking there. You can get career highs out of Cole Komet, out of DJ Moore, but when it comes to Justin Fields and the improvement that they've seen from him, I don't know if it's enough in this scheme, which, you know, points to Luke Getze and what his future is here, and maybe it's not the right offense, but if they're going to bring a quarterback into the mix, a new one, do you trust the people on your staff to develop him? And I think when you look at this offense, the answer right now, given what we've seen for two, from two years of Justin Fields and Luke Getzey, that answer is no. So they have to make a change there if that's the conclusion that they come to. And, you know, it's 930 on Tuesday morning. Like business obviously has been, begin, has been continuing on since last night, and these decisions are not ones that they're making in a vacuum. But I would not be surprised if at some point today we at least have resolution on that facet because you can't really get to Wednesday with silence. Um, considering they've left this up to, you know, kind of up to like everybody's uh, up for debate if, because they haven't come back and said, yeah, Matt Eberflus is coming back. Yeah, this person on the staff is gone. Like the more they go on with their silence, the more speculation there is. And for them kind of going underground at this point leads you to believe that they're either still making those decisions and that they're going to come out and make that answer at some, or tell us what that answer is at some point soon or it might go on a little bit longer. The four years with Getzies along the same lines as Eberflus, right? Four years? You mean contract-wise? Contract-wise, yeah. I would be surprised if assistants got the same length. Usually assistant coaches, I mean, usually assistant coaches come out and have, like, two-year contracts. So, you know, and and I don't have the specifics on Getzies' contract in front of me, but 
that's my belief there. One thing I want to say, because uh, you guys were watching the game last night, and I saw, I heard pregame, Pete Thamel was talking about the going rate for NFL coaches right now is about $17 million. And mm-hmm. we know the report that came out about Jim Harbaugh a few weeks ago from NFL Network that Michigan had offered a 10-year, $125 million contract for him to stay mm-hmm. at Michigan. And we don't know if he's going to sign that or not. But if what's being reported about that versus what we know, or at least what we believe is the case with Matt Eberflus, there is a considerable gap there uh, between what the high-end going rate is for coaches if you are going to make the big swing versus what the Bears have paid in the past and what they're currently paying their head coach. So, again, something to consider there about the finances of all of this, of whether they are going to be willing to more or less give that blank check, that analogy, over to Jim Harbaugh if he is on the candidate list, if that's somebody that they're considering, or potentially somebody else that's out there that they know is going to take a pretty penny to get. Yeah, I was told by somebody that I trust that if the if the right guy became available, money will be no object. That Kevin Warren has been given assurance by George, hey man, if you tell me Mike Tomlin's leaving and he's available and you want him, whatever it costs, write the check. Now, again, I don't think Mike Tomlin's getting available. I don't think Sean McVay is going to be available. So I don't know where they turn. Is Bobby Slowick ready to be a head coach? He had a hell of a first year with C.J. Stroud. Is Ben Johnson the guy? I don't know the answers to that. Dan Quinn, certainly an intriguing name, but he interviewed the last time and they passed on him. So, mm-hmm. and, and if they're looking at this with a rookie quarterback coming in, do you want a rookie quarterback synced up regardless of whoever it is with a defensive head coach it doesn't matter you got to get the right leader of 53 men period and they may say that leader's matt eberflus i mean to go from two and seven to seven and ten on the surface is not going to look great considering the body of work these first two years but that's something that they know better than anybody else on the outside how that thing was able to stay together when it could have gone sideways at several different turns and that's what they may be evaluating in the thought of if they move on from the offensive coordinator, if they move on from the quarterback, can Matt Eberflus with a new quarterback coming in in that scenario, is that the guy you trust to have a staff to But then you have him? to extend him. You have to extend him. You cannot have him go into a lame duck year. He's got two years left. Okay, you bring a rookie quarterback in, there's bumps along the way, and now he's going into his last year. Yurko mm-hmm. was the first one to say they'll extend Eberflus. Right. I, I, that would blow me away if he got an extension. I think it would really be deflating to the fan base. Right. I'm with I'm with you on that because this team has not synced up the timelines for the quarterback, the head coach, the important, you know, the, the big names in the building in a very long time. We saw it with John Fox and Mitchell Trubisky. We saw it with Matt Nagy and that situation with the quarterback. And, of course, now with Eberflus and Justin Fields, if you're going to go that direction – then you have to make sure the timelines are like syncing up for the first time in what's felt like forever. That's how you do business properly, and that's another facet that they have to consider in all of this. And I, I just I push back on the idea, and I don't I know I was talking with Waddle and Sylvie about this yesterday, that if you get like a Frank Reich, which who I've heard he's headed he's happy in retirement right now, or at least he's like I don't know if you consider him fully retired right now, but that's the direction at least it sounds like he's heading or someone like Eric Bieniemy, if Justin Fields is here, they're not going to – nobody from the outside, like a big respected name like that, is going to want to hitch their wagon to somebody who 
could be enter who would be entering 2024 as a prove it year because then they're probably gone after that too. And I, I think it's going to be the very difficult part of this if they, you know, if we find out today that they're moving on from the offensive coordinator, who are you going to get in here that's going to not want to be calling the shots on I will only work with this quarterback or I want this guy in the draft and if they're dead set on staying with Justin, if they're not, that has to, these are like really complicated decisions that have to be factored in here. The easiest path, the easiest path, and of course this doesn't factor in politics, doesn't factor in the emotional connection that these people remember Matt Eberflus and Ryan Poles were the first one boots on the ground at the stage of this rebuild two years ago. You think that's going to be an easy decision if Ryan Poles is moving on from Matt Eberflus? It's not like there's been a lot of time spent over the last 700 something days figuring out how they're going to get this thing off the ground together. And what we know about Ryan Poles and his decision-making is that he doesn't it's not, he's not a robot, which is a great thing. A lot of football men are robots, and, and it can be infuriating when you try to figure out how, they, how their processes work and how they operate. Ryan Poles has shown you, you know, he, he's worn his heart on his sleeve a lot of times. He's made some really good decisions. He's made some ones that have backfired on him. But I promise you, this is not something that's going to be if they move on from the staff, if they were to go full clean sweep, which I don't think they're going to do. That's just not the way that it, it's just not a realistic expectation for this, this, the way that they've done business in the past and the way that they have shown you so far that they're doing business right now. Yeah, but Jed Hoyer also super tight with David Ross and Theo and Jed were tight with Rick Renteria and they said it hurt. It was tough. We did it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and of course. Like, I mean, but you and I can play armchair GM cap all we want, armchair Kevin Warren. And we're not factoring in the day-to-day that they've gone through for the last two years here. Of course, decisions that have to be made are never going to be easy. But the longer this thing goes on and we don't have an answer, that to me is indicative of where they're heading with it. And they're going to irritate a section of this fan base. That's, That's with any decision, whether it's the quarterback, whether it's the head coach, that's going to irritate a lot of people one way or the other. And they have to make those decisions independent of what the public backlash, how, how beat up they get in the media is going to be. And that's why they're wise to take their time with this. It, despite, you know, all of us clamoring for them to make a decision, I think they're handling it the right way right now. Courtney, as always, we appreciate the time. Thanks for coming on the show. Thanks, guys. Talk You're to awesome. You Thanks. Yes, Courtney Cronin covers the Bears for ESPN and ESPN.com. On the hotline. Yep, the Car X Tire and Auto Hotline. Rattle, rattle, thunder, clatter, boom, boom, boom. The what we thought they were. Don't worry, call the Car X More of your phone calls coming up. 312-332-3776 on the Chicago Bears. You heard our conversation this half hour. What do you think? Could the Bears have their Craig Council in mind? Let's talk about it on the Cap and J-Hood Morning Show. Here's today's headline. Headline with Cap and J-Hood. All right, rock and roll, Jimmy Harbaugh and the Wolverines are the national champions. Michigan dominated Washington 34-13, ran for 303 yards and route to their 12th national championship first since 1997. Bulls got an overtime win on the road in Charlotte last night, 119-112, and improved to 17-21. Kobe White led the way with 27 points. Bulls survived a 39-point outburst from Terry Rozier, who had Seven threes and eight assists on top of it and three rebounds. Tune in. Zach Levine played 36 minutes off the bench. Who are you, Rick Hahn? The Blackhawks are back in action tonight. 
Thank you. Albeit without Connor Bedard, who's out with a broken jaw. Nick Felino on injured reserve as well. They're in Edmonton on ESPN Plus Hockey Night. Oilers minus 400 on the money line. And the Grizzlies star, Ja Morant, tore his labrum yesterday and will miss the rest of the season. Jay Moore! And Jay Hood are back. I want to thank both you guys, man, for the great season of Bears information. And I just want to say I appreciate you guys and I love the show. On Chicago's home for sports, ESPN Chicago. Captain Jay Hood, weekday mornings at 7 on ESPN 1000 with you till 10. Then Mike Greenberg comes in at 10, followed by Carmen and Yurko, 12 to 2. Wadlin Sylvie, 2 to 6. And Black and Abdallah, 6 to 8. All part of the mix right here on ESPN 1000. Still to come this half hour. We'll talk to our friend Tracy Butler from ABC7 Eyewitness News. The weather is frightful. A lot of snow in the area. And it's supposed to be pretty bad in the afternoon. She'll tell us how bad coming up in our next segment here on Cap and J. Hood. But let's go back to the phone lines to talk to you. We had a really long conversation with Courtney Cronin. I asked her pointed questions because I'm trying to find out you know, the percentages, Cap. The percentages of Luke Getty, the percentages of Justin Fields on the likelihood that they stay. The same thing with Matt Eberflus. The reason why that we don't have a press conference now, and maybe we'll get something later on in the week, is because the Bears are still trying to figure things out. Or get their ducks in a row. They know that they have got to be better in these postseason wrap-up news conferences. they got to be better every day when they speak to the media. I'm talking about the head coach or when the GM does it. He's been very, very good. Mm-hmm. Ryan, Pol- Ryan Pace was not very good at it. Matt Eberflus has gotten better as the season's gone on, but he's not great. They have got to, you cannot get up there and go, hey, uh, Jonathan Hood, ESPN 1000, I'd like to ask you about Luke Getze. Yeah, Jonathan, I appreciate your question. Thanks for being here, but that's something we're going to keep internal. Next, you can't do it. You've got to have answers. You've got to be transparent, but you've got to handle it properly. There's no question about that, Cap. And I know, again, it is. it feels more buttoned up. We talk about the new era of the Chicago Bears. It feels differently because Kevin Warren is in the chair. For many, many years, how many phone calls did you take over the years on the Bears flagship, either here or across the street here, about how the Bears don't have enough football people in the building making key decisions? How often did you hear that? Uh, All the time. Under Ted. All the time. Everywhere you went. It's like, can we get football people to make football decisions? And so I think that the Bears are a big boy organization, but they're, again, this is new for everybody. It is. And I, you know, I, I remember I was never a huge Ted guy. I wasn't because things didn't, didn't look good. Mm-hmm. And Sylvie always would rant in the afternoons. It starts at the top. Yeah. And he's right. It starts at the top. Now, I believe the top was above Ted. Mm-hmm. Look, there's been a litany of McCaskies through the years since Papa Bear died. And none of them was able to achieve any success sustained. None. George has had a terrible run as CEO. He's a great guy. If you talk to George, nicest man in the world. And I truly believe George wants to win. They just don't know what the hell they're doing. Just look at the decisions they've made along the way. Now you got a guy in who's got a proven track record in the National Football League in Kevin Warren. Mm-hmm. You got a guy in Brian Poles who was sought after by multiple teams, and you were able to outbid them and sway that, him to come here. He's turned this thing north. Still, as the Robert Frost poem says, 
there's still work to be done before he goes to sleep. Mm-hmm. They've got to get this right. So I understand sitting in a conference room right now, and it's polls, and it's Warren. Okay, what do you want to do here? What are we doing there? When the questions get asked, how are we handling this, 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 and this? So that there is a ton that has to be right. You can't mess this up. You know, as we do our show every morning, we look over our shoulders, and there's always Get Up or, you know, one of the talk shows from ESPN is on, and then... You know, it's interesting because the national championship game took place yesterday. They had Mel Kuyper Jr. on to talk about the draft, I'm sure, free agency. And, of course, uh, what happened with Michigan winning the national championship. But, Shay, you heard something from Mel that uh, piqued your interest. This is a little longer than we normally like to play. But there is a tidbit in here. And when Mel Kuyper talks about Caleb Williams and the Bears, that is going to re- cap you're going to need a blue chew. It just listen to this from Kuiper. It's going to depress me? No, it's going to make you incredibly happy. Well, then it's, may, it'll be a blue chew. You may need to seek. You may have a boner for so long, you're going to have to go to the doctor. Listen to this. Here's some, thoughts from, for, here's some thoughts from Mel Kuiper. Grady, I've gone back and forth with this on almost a daily basis, and I thought about it last night and this morning. I'm back to Caleb. I'm back to Caleb Williams today, real time, because of this. People say, well, you stay with the known over the unknown, the known being Justin Fields. But they're all unknowns. Justin Fields is an unknown whether he can be a franchise quarterback. Caleb Williams, this year, if you say, well, he struggled, well, yeah, from the Arizona game one, he wasn't phenomenal, but hey, this kid doesn't throw interceptions. He had a higher completion percentage this year than he did last year when he was off the charts great. 93 touchdowns he was responsible for the last two years, includes 21 rushing touchdowns, 10 interceptions. To me, that's a chance for a grand slam, home run at the worst, maybe triple as opposed to maybe a double for Justin Fields, who I had as the second highest rated quarterback when he came out behind Trevor. So I like mm-hmm. Justin Fields, but if you can get the eighth pick from Atlanta in a trade and, and draft Caleb Williams, uh, right. then I think you're setting yourself up very well for the future. So as we speak right now, if I'm the Bears, I'm taking Caleb Williams number one overall and trading Justin Fields. Whoa. The eighth pick. Is he talking about in the 16th round or the 8th pick in round 1? The 8th pick in the draft. Right, exactly, because they pick right in front of the Bears Atlanta. Okay, if Atlanta is going to give us pick 8 in round 1, I'll drive Justin to Atlanta myself. I'll put him on my shoulders and walk him down there. What? Damn. Oh, my God. Sign me the hell up. And that's not a shot at Justin. That is... Hold on a minute. I can get Caleb Williams. I can get, let's call it, Brock Bowers or tight, tight the best offensive lineman yeah. and Roma Dunze or Malik Neighbors because mm-hmm. Harrison will be gone. Okay. I'm in. Yeah. I'm in. And a ton of cap space. Get me the best center I can get on the market. Get me Jalen Johnson re-signed and maybe sign Donnell Hunter. Let's go. Well, Holy cow, well, I need a cigarette. What, well, I'll tell you what, um, we've heard a parallel with Justin Fields to Atlanta even in the season. Mm-hmm. Saying that Atlanta needs a quarterback, what about Justin Fields? We heard that in the, in the fall. Correct. So that's why that, that piqued my interest, just the idea that Mel Kuyper, who, you know, he's got tentacles out there, but he's just throwing a scenario out that the Bears can have more assets in the draft that can be ready-made and ready for you to go. And to be able to help your ball club in 2024, I'd be all for it. If that if that's something that was on the table for Ryan Poles, I think that's something that you definitely have to really consider. Consider, no yeah. I, I you couldn't get me off the phone quick enough. 
Yellow. <laughs> hey, uh, this to the this, league office. This is Terry Fontenot. Oh, the old Bear Center. No, Terry, not Jerry. He's the GM in Atlanta. Yeah. All right, we talked. Give me fields. You can have eight. Uh, hang on a sec. Is there gas in my car? All right, I'll have him down there in nine hours. You're yeah. right there. Yeah. If they did that, it would make Ryan Pace the greatest GM in no, Chicago Ryan sports. Poles. No, no, Ryan Pace for sending us the eighth pick in oh, the draft. Right. He would be the best well, GM in the history of Chicago sports. He's not the GM. What is he, player personnel director? I'm crediting him. It's interesting for Mel, because Mel, with that scenario, he doesn't usually do that. Not saying that he knows anything, but it's just that he laid out and thought about it. He thought about Caleb Williams long and hard and said, this is the guy. He, you know, after looking at more tape, I really like Caleb Williams. And now he throws that scenario out there. That'd be something. Oh, my that, goodness. That would be something. So we will talk of, to Tracy Butler about what's happening with the weather here today and into tomorrow. Big storm. But, well, that's what they say. But we'll see what Tracy says. That's coming up on the Cap and J-Hood Morning Show. Good morning. Glad you're along for the Cap and J-Hood experience. We're here weekdays from 7 to 10 on Chicago's Home for Sports, ESPN. Hello. Chicago. Good morning. Time now for the Cap and J-Hood Cut of the Day. Brought to you by Chicago Cut Steakhouse. Stay more. Yo. Yes, it's boring, but it's a sport. Oh! Whatever. It's not boring. Okay, then you're boring. All right, cut! We're not good enough on so many levels. And this is just fact. This is not me being a hater. This is not me coming out with a hot take. This is just fact, having watched this team for 17 games, following every single thing they do from being at training camp to driving back and getting home at midnight last night. We have the fourth best quarterback in the division. That's a fact. Our offensive line was a sieve yesterday. Nate Davis, I saw him hobbling off the field and went, oh, God. And Tevin Jenkins had his worst game as a pro. He was terrible yesterday. We had Dan Feeney at center. Not good enough. So there is a ton of work to do. Well, Cap, can we get Marvin Harrison and Brock Bowers? Hmm. I never heard of Dontavian Wicks until this year. I never heard of Bo Melton until yesterday. Jaden Reed. They don't have big-time receivers. Their best receiver, arguably, is Christian Watson. He didn't even dress. Their other good back, A.J. Dillon, he didn't even play. Aaron Jones ran it down our freaking throat. Our defense looked like a sieve. There's a big difference when that's Taylor Heineke. Brian Hoyer with Josh McDaniels and Sam Howell, Kyler Murray outdoors in cold weather. We are not good enough. We have the fourth best coach in a four-team division. We get the fourth best offensive line. We get the fourth best quarterback. Quit settling for freaking mediocrity in this town and make some moves and fix the goddamn football team. And that's all, folks. The Captain Jay Hood cut of the day. That's brought to you by Chicago Cut Steakhouse on LaSalle, north side of Chicago River. It's awesome. We turn to Tracy Butler from ABC7 Eyewitness News. Tracy, good morning. Turn on the mic. That's a fine. (laughs) I actually have money with me. Okay. Let's put it in. DollarBirdiesBookBank.org. She's only standing next to us as we turn to Tracy. Tracy? Yes, dear. I see what's coming down here in Chicago, in the Chicagoland area. What can you tell us? It's miserable. It really is. You know, I've been calling it. A slop fest. 
And that's really what it's been most of the morning. Now, there are still areas, some of your listeners who are out, let's say, Batavia, St. Charles, up through Algonquin, into uh, Lake County on the Illinois side under winter storm warning until midnight tonight. We're going to get additional snow in those areas, probably maybe another four to six inches of snow there today. The afternoon evening commute is going to be a mess. It is not going to be fun. But here in Chicago, we're basically going to get this yucky, cold rain the rest of the day. But this evening, folks, it is going to be really, really windy. And we'll probably get more snow around the area here this evening. It's very possible that in some areas tonight with these strong winds, this is a heavy weighted snow. Mm -hmm. We could have some power outages maybe into tomorrow morning. So just wanted to give everybody a little heads up about that. Your husband is a big guy. Yeah. And he was trying to shovel today and said, hey, it's no joke. Shoveled two inches of snow. And he's a pretty fit individual. He said it's just really heavy. So it's a cautionary tale to somebody who may be not as fit, who wants to get out there and clear their driveway. Folks, I, it's a heavy step. We just texted my father-in-law, who's 80. No. Boom. No, no, no. Tell him not to shovel. I told him, no shoveling. No, you are not allowed to shovel. They're asking me to move you to your right. People want to see oh, you. Oh, oh, okay. Hi. There you go. Hi. There she is, <laughs> yeah. right there. Um, to Cap's father-in-law, not allowed to shovel. Correct. No. So, Ron Samitas, Dixon, Illinois, no shoveling. No shoveling. Pay attention. Exactly. Anyone sees him out there on the roads in Dixon? They do have paved paved roads, I believe. Isn't there a young a youngster he could hire? Pay Somebody. to clear the driveway. We yeah, got, we got to work on that. Yeah, exactly. Hoodie, no shoveling for you either, because you ended up a month on your back. Well, I was on my, I I was on my you know, for a week, but the other three weeks is to stay away from him. <laughs> So it was really a vacation, if nothing else. Worked um, out for both of us. Yeah, absolutely. I was great. It was great for me. It was a vacation. But I, I will tell you, Tracy, I need to know about Wednesday into Thursday, though. When does okay. it clear out? That's yeah. the question. Okay, good question. So tomorrow, daylight hours are dry. It's just going to be windy. It's going to be cloudy. We get another little clipper system that tomorrow night into Thursday morning brings us maybe a little fresh inch of snow. Friday, we're watching for kind of a snowy Friday. Could it's get Friday. several more inches of snow. Guys, next week... One of my models is going for a high temperature on Monday of 2 degrees. Mm. It looks really cold into early hey. next week. Might have to buy a place in Florida. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, 12 inches, is that possible on Friday? I am not going uh, with that kind of amount just yet. But, it's but it does look like significant snow that will impact at least our afternoon evening commute on Friday. If your schools have any athletic events through the weekend, especially Friday, Saturday, may have to make some adjustments in that. Oh, the old panhandle effect. The panhandle hook? Yeah. That's what we talked about last and week. I, and I got a clipper. You can have your nor'easters out there in the east. I got a clipper. <laughs> Butler came through. You get through. a little clipper tomorrow night. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Big clipper today. Well, we're going to get prepared now that you laid it out. Thank you very much. Anytime. No shoveling out there. Be safe. Yes. We thank you for listening and calling in and being part of the program here on Cap and Jay Hood. Our thanks to Shay and Jay Moore on the other side of the glass. And tomorrow, we could call this a Waddle Wednesday, right? Tommy a coming Waddle in. Waddle Wednesday, absolutely. Boy, Butler running out of here. She's getting paid to get on the air. Breaking news. About that, that weather. So we'll talk to you tomorrow for a Waddle Wednesday. And so long, everybody. Take that. Be safe. From Chicago.